and he walked into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And over the next 20 years, he grew that to over a thousand locations, $2 billion in revenues before he retired, all because it felt right. That's the power of intuition. Hey there, freedom lovers. Kurt Mercadante here and wanted to let you know that today's episode, and in fact, the episodes all week long, are brought to you by the Rapport Mastery Complete Virtual Sales System that's been put together by my mentor and our freedom partner, Joe Peachy. In 2020, he was ranked the number one sales trainer in the world by global gurus, and you can get his complete virtual sales system for over 60% off right now. If you're serious about selling, about increasing your revenue, whether you're a new entrepreneur, a entrepreneur, or a seasoned business owner, go check the link in the show notes to get over 60% off of this virtual sales system from internationally acclaimed sales trainer, Joe Peachy. Now, what are you going to get with this? You get 10 courses designed to improve your sales skills, four bonus courses, that's a total of 14 courses, 53 sessions of interactive video content, a workbook to help you fast track your results. It's all virtual. The 14 courses include nine essential skills for sales success, a winning sales process, speaking your client's language, active listening, rapport mastery, powerful messaging, and 17 strategies for finding endless quality leads and so much more. It's the Rapport Mastery Complete Virtual Sales System. You can get it for over 60% off right now check the link in the show notes. If you want to close more deals, book more appointments, recover lost revenue, take advantage of this offer. The Rapport Mastery Complete Virtual Sales System from internationally acclaimed sales trainer, Joe Peachy. Click the link in the show notes. Take advantage of it today. The way that I look at how intuition works is that it's like driving a car. And so we talked about the signals. You get in the car, you push a button, turn the, and you listen to the engine roar and you keep running. Um, and you don't need to be a mechanic to drive a car. You don't need to know about compression ratios, gears, all that stuff. Um, and what I wanted to do is take a, take a peek at what's under the hood of this, this thing called intuition. And what I noticed is I, after doing some research uh, with the academic research and interviewing my, the, these over 1,500 people, was I noticed that there were four types of intuition. And the best way I can uh, ex- explain the four types of intuition is actually through a case study of a non-believer. So uh, uh, one of my friends was a, a fellow by the name of John Rothschild. And uh, this fellow was an investment banker. And so this guy, you know, data, spreadsheets, everything ruled his world. And so because he was a friend of mine, he was one of my very first interviews. And I said, John, would you mind talking about intuition? Now, at that time, intuition was seen as, you know, coming from the cosmos, uh, voices from God. Uh, and, and that's fine if that's how you define intuition. It, to me, it doesn't really matter what your definition of it is. I'm here to say you've got some signals. Where they come from is up to you to define that. But for him... He did. He's like, oh my, okay, this thing is just does not exist. You know, come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I said, okay, John, do you, do you mind just let's do an hour? He said, yeah. You know what? I haven't seen you for a while. Let's just talk about this thing you want to talk about for intuition for five minutes, and we'll grab a coffee and we'll catch up. So I'm driving down to see John. I'm thinking, oh 
okay, I wonder how this interview is going to go. It's my, one of my first ones. Um, and so we sit down, I actually turn on the camera and I start telling him about these signals. And I told him about uh, the CEO that sees omens on his right shoulder, who's now run two multi-million dollar companies on that signal. I also tell him about uh, an, another entrepreneur who, whose left earlobe gets hot whenever he's about to make a bad decision, which is his positive or sort of negative intuitive signal. And he's saying, saying, yeah, you know, omens and, you know, these, these things, you know, I would really like to shake their hands, but you know what? Any decision you make in life is about your learning and experience. Mm -hmm. And so this is when I start telling him about experiential intuition. And I told him about what experiential intuition is. And I said, in some cases, John, your intuition actually has you go against the data. And he goes, well, that's really funny, Sunil, you mentioned that. I actually have a, something like that that happened. And I said, okay, well, please tell me. And so he said that there was a t- time when he was looking to put a franchise location in. That's what his business was in. And so if you put in a McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King, there would be a team in place that would look at whether that franchise is going to be successful by looking at traffic patterns, demographics, and development of the areas as examples. And his team would use a benchmarking system out of 10. So a nine or a nine and a half out of 10 meant that this is a great place for a, uh, a franchise. So he walks into this area of Toronto, which is a crappy area of Toronto. And now is it, we've, we've moved on from experiential intuition to now situational intuition, which is the second mm-hmm. one. And we've all been to that uh, situation where we walked into a room and we say, huh, something's off here. And that's your situational uh, intuition saying something in this environment is not right. So John and his business partner walked into this area of Toronto where his team said, yeah, this is a five and a half out of 10. And he goes, huh. And now he's telling me, perhaps it's my intuition. I'm not sure. But something saying that, no, you know what? It is going to be successful here. And he goes against his team's advice and he puts a location there. Uh, That ended up being something called the beer market, which was the most profitable franchise um, brand under his whole portfolio of brands ever in the history of his company. And then at some point, his purpose changes. And this is now we're going to get into the third of the four called relational intuition. What relational intuition does is it only allows people through a thick intuitive filter that gets you to listen to those people that you absolutely trust. You know that they're going to be there for you through thick and thin. They aren't yes people. They will give you constructive criticism, but they their intention is to lift you up. And so, I mean, Kurt, you and I have met hundreds of thousands of people, I'm sure, between the both of us. Um, through our lives. I've got two, Hmm. two people out of all those hundreds of thousands of people I've ever come across who I intimately trust. And it doesn't mean that they're static. They can move. Their lives have changed. Their values have changed. Mine may change. So that is, that is an ongoing, you know, some people come in and out, but that's how really strong your relational intuition is. And so in John's case, he wanted to move away from a three to $4 million a year career to run a business. And so all the people he surrounded himself who were full of ego, money, fame, high-end restaurants, that loving lifestyle said, you're, you're an idiot. But only one person actually wanted to find out why. And that was his wife. And his wife asked, John, why? Why do you want to do that? You're so successful here and you want to just start from ground zero. 
And he goes, because this just feels right. Hmm. That was his intuitive signal. And then you would think that when you look at creative intuition, which is the fourth, this gives you the risk level of the decision that you're going for and which you should be able to tolerate. So if you're turning at the left uh, lights left or eating a sandwich, you know, it's not a very risky decision. Your creative intuition is pretty low. But in John's case, you would think that his intuition would hand him a business to run that has, you know, healthy cash flow, strong balance sheet, uh, good profits. Nope. His intuition says, John, you're going to run this tiny bankrupt little restaurant. Hmm. And this is exactly what I'm going to paraphrase what John is telling me. So an hour before this particular statement, he says, intuition doesn't exist. Half an hour before he says, yeah, perhaps intuition, I'm not sure. Now, when describing his decision to run this tiny bankrupt little restaurant, he looks at me and says, Sunil, you can have all the data in the world, but you have to trust your intuition. And he walked into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And over the next 20 years, he grew that to over a thousand locations, $2 billion in revenues before he retired just after uh, I had the interview with him. All because it felt right. That's the power of intuition. 